God is looking at the life we live to determine the benefits we receive. Dr. Tony Evans says for Christians, judgment isn't about salvation, but compensation. Ephesians 6, 8 says that God will repay for the good things done well. He will burn up the things he can't use. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. When we became Christians, Jesus saved us from hell. But that doesn't mean we won't find ourselves standing before the judgment seat of Christ. Today, Dr. Evans will tell us what to expect when that happens and what we can do about it today. Let's join him. Many of us have paid for our children to go to college. We have picked up the tab for them to get a higher education. In light of the high cost and expense of college and beyond, it is the concern of most parents that their money not be wasted. You probably have told your kids, I I didn't send you to college to party. I didn't send you to college to get pregnant. I didn't send you to college to get on drugs. I didn't send you to college to hang out with the wrong people. That's not why I sent you there. I sent you there to learn. I sent you there to uh, study. I sent you there to maximize this opportunity for the reward that a possible education can bring you. So there's probably more than one parent that's been ticked off that your kid is wasting your money because the price is too high for them to be playing around with the gift of the education you yourself are paying for. What God wants you to know is that he picked up a high tab for your salvation. It, was, it comes at a mighty high price. The price of the second member of the Trinity giving his life on the cross for our sins to give us the free gift of eternal life. That's a high price tag. And God wants you to know today that having given you that high a gift, he didn't give it to you for you to leave him out, exclude him, live independently of him, reject him, or simply go to church. Just like you don't pay for a student just to go to class, he doesn't pay for you just to come to church. That in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, he has left you here from the time of your salvation to the time of your death or the rapture, whichever comes first, for you to live a life that brings him glory and advances his kingdom. And because that is the main reason he has left you here, there is coming a day when he is going to have a private and personal conversation with you about the life you lived between the time of your salvation and the time of your death or rapture, whichever comes first. And that event is called the judgment seat of Christ. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. He says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The Greek word there is the word bima. The word bima is a platform that still exists over right outside of Corinth, over in the Middle East, we've had the privilege of seeing that platform. It still exists when they did archaeological work and they came across the Bema or the Judgment Seat. You see, Corinth was heavy into sports. That's why Paul uses so much athletic analogies because the environment he was in was heavy in the sports. And they would have games called the Isthmian Games 
you and I would call them the Olympics, where people would compete for prizes, for awards. They would compete, and there would be the honored citizens seated at this raised platform known as the Bema. This judgment seat was where awards were handed out to winners. So whoever won the gold or the silver or the bronze, to use our terminology, would be publicly recognized for their performance on that, in that particular event. And they would come up to the Bema to receive their reward. There would be judges on the field to judge the activity being competed on. These judges were designed to make sure that when you competed, you competed consistent with the rules. We have seen athletes stripped of their medals because while it looked like they won, they were found to have not run according to the rules. God is big on rewards. 1 Peter 1.17 says that God will reward your work. God is looking at the life we live between salvation and death or rapture to determine the benefits we receive. He goes into this in more detail in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Notice what he says beginning in verse 10. According to the grace of God which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. Each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it will be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work, which he has built on, it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire, or Evans' translation, by the skin of his teeth. He says there's only one foundation, Jesus Christ, but you decide the kind of building you put on the foundation, meaning the kind of life you live. This building, your life, God will look at whether you use destructible or indestructible material. Gold, silver, precious stone, indestructible, wood, hay, and stubble, and it will be tested by fire. So the holiness of God's eyes are going to look at the life you live to determine whether it was quality or whether it was cheap. That is, you did not value. You see, when you put fire against gold, silver, and precious stones, you don't hurt it because it can withstand the heat. If you put fire against wood, hay, and stubble, poof. It's going to burn up because it's cheap stuff. God is saying, I gave you an expensive foundation, Jesus Christ. I don't expect you to live a cheap life based on that foundation that will burn up when my eyes penetrate it with the fire of holiness. When he examines us, he's going to look at, he says, the quality of every man's work. Have you ever had anybody who worked for you who cut corners? They work for you and they use cheap material and you were not happy. Why? Because you didn't pay for cheap. You paid for quality. 
God saved you with quality, redeemed you and me with quality, and he doesn't want a cheap life being lived on top of an expensive foundation because it cost him too much. He says that he's going to examine. What is he going to examine? Scripture says he's going to examine. We just saw your deeds. He's going to examine your desires. He's going to examine uh, Matthew 12, the words that you said, and he's going to examine the dependability that he had, your faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it's encounter of the steward to be found faithful. So your deeds, your declarations, your desires, and uh, uh, your dependability. He's going to look at the quality. So how does this work? Okay, it gets a little scary right here because your whole life is on tape. Ever since you accepted Jesus Christ, it's been recorded. When you sit before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to play the tape. He's going to play the tape of everything you've done. He's going to play the tape of every word you've said. He's going to play the tape of every thought you've thought. He's going to play the tape of your time, your talents, and your treasures. And he's going to play the tape. Now, I don't know about you, but that's scary right there. Especially when he's going to look at not only what I did, but what I said and what I thought. Since he will test, the Bible says, the motives of every man's heart. Okay? So he's going to look at all of that. He's running the tape. He comes to something in the tape that interests him. He pushes pause. He says, explain that to me. Explain why you did that, why you went there, why you said that, why you said that that way, why you hurt that person, why you undercut that other person. Explain that to me. Explain to me the language you use, the words you said. Explain that to me. I want you to interact with me. Are you getting a little nervous right now? He's going to play the tape of your life and he's going to look at it with you. Nobody will be able to speak up for you. Nobody will be able to defend you. And even if you try to defend yourself, he will be able to get behind your defense. And so it will be a moment where you and I stand before him to explain how much you value the cross and the price paid for the life lived at the beamer seat of Jesus Christ. That will explain why Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, knowing the fear of God, knowing that this is going to be a serious meeting, because in verse 10, he just talked about the judgment seat of Christ, knowing that this is no small meeting, that this, in fact, is a big deal. And it is a big deal to him, Hebrews 4 says, to him who, whose eyes will lay bare all the motives of men's hearts. Some folks are going to say, but I went to church. To which he's going to say, I didn't save you to go to church. I saved you to impact. I didn't save you to sit soaking sour. I didn't save you to hold up a space in a sanctuary. I saved you to be my representative in history. I saved you to use your time, the talents, the giftedness I've given you, the resources I've provided you to advance my cause. Dr. Evans will come back in a moment with some practical advice about how we can live up to our calling and produce a return on God's investment in us. First, though, don't miss your chance to get a copy of Tony's current series, Prophecy and Our World. It's a look at God's prophetic plan for our planet, focusing on the difference it makes in our lives today. In light of all that's currently going on globally, there's no better time than right now to dig into the information found in this series. 
You can get all 12 full-length messages from this two-volume collection on CD or digital download when you make a contribution to help keep Tony's Outreach coming to this station and others like it around the globe. And right now, as a special bonus, we'll also include another powerful resource. It's Tony's brand-new Kingdom Values devotional. This 90-day devotional is based on the challenges and blessings Jesus lays out in the Beatitudes. And through Scripture, action points, prayers, and practical insights, Dr. Evans will help you move into the abundant, joyful life God has designed for you, helping you find calm even in the midst of chaos. We'll send you the audio series and the devotional book with our thanks when you go to TonyEvans.org and make your donation and resource request. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Or call us at 1-800-800-3222, where our friendly team members are standing by 24-7 to help you. That's 1-800-800-3222. We'll get back to Dr. Evans right after this. It's beyond a Sunday sermon, a chance to really dig into the Bible and the kingdom in a new way. Anytime and anywhere, because it's all online. The Tony Evans Training Center, in-depth courses on all kinds of topics, cultural transformation, intro to expository preaching, Jude, John, Hebrews, Old Testament, New Testament, and so much more. These aren't sermons. They're teaching courses to help you engage, understand scripture, and not just to hear about, but to explore the kingdom of God on your own. Find out more at TonyEvansTraining.org. TonyEvansTraining.org. When this judgment seat of Christ comes, that we all will face, it'll be a time of reckoning and reward. Hebrews 11.6 says, He that cometh to God must first believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. He believes in rewards. Jesus even believes in rewards because he says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So I want to take a moment and speak to those of you right now who are hurting and who are suffering and life has not been fair. It's not fair that you were raised the way you were raised. It was not fair that you were abused the way you were abused. It's not fair that somebody walked out on you. It's not fair that you were mistreated at work. It's not fair and you're living under the brunt of unfairness. You are in on cross. What you have to understand is what, what God is saying is if you have to suffer now, if you have to go through some stuff that doesn't get fixed in this life, the reason that he doesn't fix it in, in this life is he's increasing reward in the life to come. So you have to understand that. That's why Paul says, I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed unto me. The Bible says, if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. So when God allows you to go through something that's not fair on earth and you remain faithful to the Lord, he has decided to hold that off until he gives you a bigger reward later. So you do not lose when you're losing. If in your losing, you remain committed to him through the loss. So for the joy set before him, even Jesus endured because he knew the great reward, the kingdom would be his on resurrection day. So God is in the rewards and he's in the big rewards. On the other hand, the Bible says in 1 John 2, 28, I don't want you to be ashamed of him and his coming. 
Many of us don't want Jesus to come back today because the tape wouldn't look pretty. We don't want Jesus to come back today because there wouldn't be much on the tape that is of value to him. John says, I don't want you to be ashamed that it's coming. He shows up and not now, not now, not now, I'm not right. Not now, I have nothing to show you. I've lived for myself. Yeah, I went to church, but I don't have anything that has eternal value. I don't have anybody I've witnessed to that's in heaven because of me. I don't have any lives that have been improved because of my relationship with you. I don't have any sins that I've gotten victory over. And I don't want you to come back now. A shame that is coming. He says, I don't want that to be your, your legacy, your witness. Ephesians 6, 8 says that God will repay for the good things done well. He will burn up the things he can't use. In Matthew 25, it's the story of the talents. And I, I can't go through the whole story, but I want to highlight something to you. Because it's about rewards talks about the kingdom and he says in verse 14 for it the kingdom is just like a man about to go on a journey he called his slaves and entrusted his possessions to them to one he gave five talents to another two and to another one each to his own ability which means God is not holding you accountable for what he gave somebody else you're only accountable for what he's given you so one with five went out and he made five more because the master returned, verse 19, and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five came and brought five more. And the master said, well done, you good and faithful servant. I put you over a few, now I'm going to put you in charge of much. Now, verse 22, the one who received two talents went out and he came up with two more. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful over a few things, I will put you in charge over many. Verse 24, the one who had received the one talent came and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you do not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, you wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow, gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Watch this. The master says, you wicked, lazy slave. You don't want to give any of your effort for me. Now, you're not lazy for you. You're lazy for me. Now, watch the strategy of this one. He's a shrewd guy. He buries it. Why? Because he's playing the end against the middle. If the master returns, I still have his talent, so I'm going to give it to him. But what happens if the master does not return? I got the talent. So let me hide it to see whether he's going to come back. Because if he comes back, then I, I didn't lose it. If he doesn't come back, I got it. Some of us are playing the end against the middle. We didn't heard about this return to Jesus, but he on this long journey. And I don't know if Jesus is coming back or not. So let me play. Let me not invest too much in him. I'll give him a little church. I'll give him an hour and 45 minutes on Sunday. So in case he comes back, I got something. But I ain't going to go whole hog in this. In case this isn't real, then I won't have spent my life wasting my time. We're playing the end against the middle. See, so it depends on how strongly you believe this is real. 
When you are serious about the future, it affects what you do in the present. See, if you want to be a doctor, you don't wait till you're 80. You got to start with college and medical school and all that. You got to do that. If you want to make it into pro sports, you don't start working out when you're 50. Because your dream of the future will affect your activity now. And the reason why so many Christians are lazy and wicked is because this is not important to their future. They don't believe this future is real, so they don't live in light of that future. And so that's why they're not concerned about their sin. That's why they're not concerned about their compromise. That's why they're not repentant. They're not repentant because they don't put a lot of stock in this return that the master's coming back. But the master did come back. And Jesus is coming back. And when he does come back, it's going to be a day of reckoning. He said, you lazy slave, you could, if you were serious about me at all, you could at least have put it in the bank. There wasn't even enough concern about my return that you weren't even to give me cheap bank interest. See, once you have made the decision that heaven is real, Christ is real, the judgment of Cedar Christ is real, it's going to shift what you do with time, talents, and treasures, decisions, sin, circumstances. It's going to affect you because it's being recorded. Dr. Tony Evans talking about preparing for the day when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And there's much more to today's lesson than we had the time to bring you on the air. But the full-length version is available as a part of Tony's current series, Prophecy and Our World. It's a 12-lesson collection focusing on terms that everyone in the church hears but may not fully understand. Subjects like the rapture, tribulation, judgment, and many more. This series digs deep into their meaning, not just for the future, but for the way we live from day to day. And as I mentioned earlier, it's yours as our thank you gift when you support Tony's ministry with your contribution. And along with the audio collection, we're also including a copy of Tony's brand new Kingdom Values devotional. This special double offer won't be around for long, so visit TonyEvans.org to make the arrangements today. That's TonyEvans.org. Or get some in-person help from our resource team by calling 1-800-800-3222 day or night. That's 1-800-800-3222. Well, before I tell you what's in store tomorrow, Dr. Evans wanted to take a moment to share these thoughts with you. Jesus showed compassion, empathy, and unconditional love to everyone, no matter who they were or where they came from. He taught his followers to love one another, treat people with respect, and be kind to those in need. If you've got a desire to spread love and compassion, to bring understanding and unity to our culture, then your heart is aligned with Jesus' teaching. And the best way you can impact the world for good is to make sure you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to accept his sacrifice for you and let him guide you every day. If you don't have that relationship yet, you can start it today. Just pray this simple prayer, but mean it for yourself. Dear God, I confess my faith in Jesus Christ, your son, who died on the cross for my sins and rose to save me. Enter my life. Be my Savior and Lord. Cleanse me. Direct my path. Thank you for your love and salvation found in Jesus. 
and help me to live a life each day that shines your truth and love to those around me. In Jesus' name, amen. Tony has more to share about the importance of aligning your life with Christ. And you can hear it all when you visit TonyEvans.org and follow the link at the top of the homepage that simply says Jesus. Well, coming up tomorrow, biblical prophecy tells us that in the end, God wins and his kingdom lasts forever. But it also says there are some pretty scary things destined to happen along the way. Be sure to join Dr. Evans tomorrow as he brings us an in-depth look at the coming tribulation. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 